Week five is upon us and a nice stretch of home games for your Los Angeles Rams. Three of them, in fact, wrapped around the bye as the uh, Los Angeles Rams don't have to leave the time zone until November. But now it's time to start making some headway. DeMarco Farr, JB Long with you. The Cowboys are in town in Inglewood at SoFi Stadium. Have you moved beyond Monday Night Football? Yeah, I think I am. Uh, you know, I'm with Les Snead. Uh, he was on the coaches show, and he said uh, there's nothing like playing the Dallas Cowboys. When you see that star, it means NFL, it means big time. So, yeah, I, uh, you have to move on from a game, win or lose, but you got Dallas coming to town. So, that's fun. Football is fun. Uh, you couldn't dream of a better scenario. Two and two doesn't bother me. Yeah. Not my favorite, but two and two doesn't concern me. The underlying metrics concern me. Yeah. The avalanche of injury concern. Boy. Concerns me. What happened? Where's that black cat? Who broke the mirror? You know what I went back and looked at? Because we appreciated this in real time. Yeah. Believe me, we did. But even more in retrospect. Sean McVay's first two years, 17 and 18, they started the same five offensive linemen that they wanted to for every meaningful game. They got to rest starters in week 17 against the San Francisco 17. 49ers. Uh, Sully, Witt. Roger? Yep. Jamon Brown. Jamon Brown and Havenstein. And Havenstein. Yes, but that group. They were able to maintain continuity for essentially two full seasons. Wow. Assuming there's a new starter this Sunday Except against the Cowboys, yeah. <laughs> they'll already be at nine players who have started and, and many more who have had to be pressed into duty at different positions and in different situations. Um, so so that's, that's where it's unnerving, right? It's because, hey, two and two. You're even so is the whole division. You might be able to win two games going into your bye, whole different picture. But there are red, there's there's alarms. There's cause for concern everywhere. Oh no doubt. You, you you thought you had to coach last year if you're Sean McVay. Well, now you're really going to have to coach. But I mean, that's just that's that's nuts. Maybe it was just the group of guys or just a bit of luck. I guess some of both. But right now you got guys out, but you have to figure out how to get past your next opponent. Um, so that's the crazy thing. And the one thing about the the offensive line or where you hit the most is there's almost nothing you can do schematically. You really can't help those guys that much. That's why they're O-linemen. What sixth offensive lineman are you going to play? And where? And what, how? What second or third tight end are you going to play? Like They're not on the roster. They're not proven commodities at this point. Those are two of your shallowest position groups. Well, I mean, I think we saw this, and I was thinking about this on the way over. We saw some of this last season. Was it the November swoon? Yes, and, and and I want to talk about that, but how it feels different. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah, and and the how the team morphed into a different identity for yep. like three straight weeks, or you went more physical with with big tight ends and and whatnot. So maybe a shift in dynamic for this football team. Um, I've seen it before. Uh, just what comes to mind: Brian Billick in uh, in Baltimore. Uh, he was an offensive minded coach. That shifted to the other side because that was the strength of the football team. So the problem with this year's Rams is I'm not sure where the strength is just yet. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. You asked yeah. Les Snead that question. What what are the Rams good at so far this year? Yeah. I think there's some bright spots on defense, but sticking with the offense, throwing the football to Cooper Cup and not much else. They haven't been able to run it successfully. No explosive plays last week. No touchdowns last week. I don't know. It looks anemic right now, which is almost – the thing that I take solace in, which is, is it's never as good as it feels. It's never as bad as it looks in this league. Absolutely. And so perhaps redemption is only one week, one opponent away. You were there. You were there on that drive, and you had the false start that dropped you back, and it just derailed everything. So I remember pre-Sean McVay, uh, before he got here, 
when you had teams that had little margin for error. One mistake would kill a drive, which could kill a football game. So you're almost there now, but it's due to injury. So that's where you are. So if you're a football team that's starting your second and third offensive line against top flight defenses, the one thing you can't do is make that mistake. Correct that you probably put one in against San Francisco and the whole game's changed. Here's the other thing that's on my mind as we uh, do Rams Hall Access on this Thursday. The Dallas Cowboys are much more like the Buffalo Bills or the San Francisco 49ers on defense than they are the Atlanta Falcons or the Arizona Cardinals. You know what I'm saying? 100. Micah Parsons is scary. He is. I mean, really, he should be sold in those, you know, Halloween uh, stores. I mean, really, that picture, that guy, what he can do. Nick Bosa is is dynamic and was an absolute monster. This guy's even scarier because he is just as good, if not better, as a pass rusher, but he's also dangerous going away from the quarterback. You can't get away from this guy from 153. He's going to be a part of whatever play you run. That's scary. Yeah, I mean, he's on ball, he's off ball. They move him around in a chess-like way, and it's been a problem. It's been a real issue. So, uh, we'll try to come up with some creative solutions, uh, unsolicited suggestions maybe for yeah. Sean McVay and Raheem Morris and Liam Cohen. Um, but ultimately, I, I do think they have the right people to problem solve. I just don't know if they have the toolkit to get it done in the immediate near term. And so for me, this becomes a matter of settling in. This becomes a long haul play. How long can you keep your head above water and stay competitive within the standings? To give yourself a chance to get healthy, to give yourself a chance to get David Edwards and Brian Allen back in the lineup. Like if you're asking me, can this Rams roster with their starting offensive line the way they laid it out in training camp, plus Van Jefferson, plus Odell Mm -hmm. Beckham Jr. put up 30 points a game? Yeah. Can this defense with a healthy Aaron Donald and Bobby Wagner and Jalen Ramsey contend with any offense they face in December, January, and beyond? Yes. Mm -hmm. You just have to get back to that point. And that's where your recollection of November is at once familiar but different. Because right now, Von Miller isn't on your edge. And right now, Odell Beckham Jr. isn't acclimating to your offense. There's hope, there's possibilities that you might get some new pieces back or even through the door as time goes on. But it's early, it's the first week of October. They're not there yet. No, I. but see, I'm of the opinion if you fix one part of this football team, I think you can fix the offense. And it's just that starting five. And there's a lot of things you can do. You're in football. You love the game. Uh, you've seen some overmatched O-lines uh, compete with Division One schools and and possibly beat those guys. You've seen this before, right? Yes, but I— You can speed up the offense if you need to. You can go no huddle. You, you can make attrition a part of your offense. You can. You You absolutely can. But right now, I don't see many players not wearing number 10 who are making game-changing plays, who are beating one, two, three defenders to get an explosive play, to overachieve what you might expect on a given rep. Do you know what I'm saying? Whereas San Francisco, they were in the same boat. I mean, they're playing their backup quarterback, the guy they tried to give away, and a banged-up offensive line. But they know what card they're playing when they're in that predicament. They know that they can play one, two, ball out, get it in the hands of Debo or Ayuk or Kittle or even the fullback use check. And those are difference makers out on the perimeter and in space. Right now, the Rams are deficient in that area. No it doubt. looks like. It looks like. I think the difference was, and I, I agree with your point, is San Francisco protected better. 
So there are some quick things you can do. You did get the ball, the ball to Powell. You did get the ball to Higby. Uh, you need to run it a little bit better. So that's what I mean. If you can't just push guys off the football, you're going to have to go quickly or change how you block. You know what I'm saying? Just a little bit here or there, just a little tweaks to get the ball going. But And you did move the football. So you did have some success, but not putting the ball in the end zone cost you later, especially when they were getting sevens, which means half your game plan is gone. I, now you're going into what they want to do. I agree, but it's like the Rams are playing for first downs offensively. They're laser-focused on the line to gain, and I don't blame them. Yeah. Because you can't drop to you seven. Can't, you can't drop to seven, exactly. Right. But guess what? It's it's nice to put together 10, 12, 14 play drives, but eventually you run out of real estate, and they're bogging down. Oh, absolutely, and they catch you. Uh, is it Hufanga? Yes, made what? player of the week. And when you have to, when you have to run so many shallows and flats, somebody's going to so, jump you. Exactly. Right. See, exactly. he made player of the week. Now this is no gripe. The, the kid played great, right? Here's my one gripe. So basically, he got that player of the week for that pick six mm-hmm. on the eighth one he saw. Now, if you get it on the first two, come on, that's special. But he's playing the percentages and got it. You know what I mean? He guessed right. <laughs> right. So that that's an impact, not necessarily uh, overall performance. No doubt. In, but but congratulations. They played great. But, I mean, there's still a lot of things you can do. That's why I'm I'm confident, and it's, it's a funny joke to me. Let me see how Sean McVay can coach his way out of this because I think he can. There's I do, too. There's always going to be a wrinkle. Yeah. I do, too. And I was thinking driving in. This is not baseball, and and I appreciate how intertwined and interconnected football is. It's what I love about it. This is not our starter can't get three outs to finish off a game, protect a, a lead. This is we can't run it on the early downs, so we're off schedule. Then we're false starting or illegal procedure or committing a penalty, which puts us in a known passing situation. The defense doesn't respect some corners of our offense, so they're selling out, and our mm-hmm. quarterback – for an offense that was built to drop back and play at seven and do full field reads and spread it all around, it's all crumbling because of one or two mistakes per drive. Correct. And there's a way around it. You're going to have to rep it. You're going to have to prepare for it and have your guys understand there is no margin for error for us right now. And that's the way you're going to have to play. Dare I say you're going to have to play a perfect game. Is that is that is that bad to say? But I think it, that's it where you are. Yeah, it, it's an unfortunate place to be, which is not to say that they can't do it and can't beat a Cowboys team that's also playing their backup quarterback. They might be due for a clunker. You might be for, you might be fortunate to catch them at the right time before they get into their division play against the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles. They still got to hit them too. But yeah. you're, <laughs> you're grasping. You're asking for things to happen that are somewhat beyond your control in addition to needing to be perfect with the things that are. Getting prepped, getting ready, understanding the situation, I don't think that's too much to ask. You know, the other thing that yeah. uh, I don't know why it just snapped to mind, but what? it's unfortunate is watching Bobby Evans' silent count to Jeremiah Colony the center, to snap it back, I mean, that is worst-case scenario. You're letting that 49ers pass rush basically time you up on a silent count, but it could be the same way Sunday. Absolutely. With the Cowboys at your place. No doubt. Uh, look, you better be prepared for that, and I know they will be. We're all realists. We we understand Dallas travels, right? The Buffalo Bills traveled. The 49ers traveled. So there's going to be a lot of Cowboys fans in there, and it will probably be allowed against you in certain situations. But I think Sean McVay and Matthew Stafford have acknowledged that already. Oh, they have. They understand it. So, I mean, it's going to be a factor, but it shouldn't be a factor. I just mean it ramps up the degree of difficulty oh, yeah, yeah, for yeah. an offensive line that when you looked at it the way they finished the other day with Bobby, Jeremiah, 
um, and Alaric Jackson, yeah. one, two, three across your middle. Those three players have never stood shoulder to soldier with Matthew Stafford behind them. I would venture a guess until they Correct. had to do it against the San Francisco 49ers in prime time. And I felt bad for Coloni and the Bobby thing because Coleman Shelton, why I like him so much, I think he's better suited for center. He's crafty when he moves his head. He'll freeze the defense. He is really smart at hiding or disguising the snap. So you can't get a jump. With Coloni, he's new. They Look at Bosa's get-off. Watch that again. It was a foot race to three yards and then turn he's left He's trying right. to pass 101, not graduate level <laughs> center <laughs> no play in the National Football He's League. hard to block, and then you give him a, an indicator for the snap count. That's rough, yeah. All right, contending with the Cowboys when they are on offense. We'll take a look at Raheem Morris's defensive challenge when we continue. Plus... Uh, unsolicited suggestions for what might spark the Rams offense. I have one idea. Maybe DeMarco Farr has something. We'll dig in as we continue to preview week five. The Rams are two and two. So is the rest of the NFC West. We'll run down the Cardinals, Seahawks, and 49ers slate as we move through. Thanks for being with us. This is 710 ESPN. Cooper Rush and the Dallas Cowboys come into SoFi Stadium this Sunday. DeMarco Farr, JB, along with you on Rams All Access. And are they ever loaded with weapons? Some of the familiar names, Zeke Elliott, CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup back. Uh, and even though they, too, have had to solve for some things along their offensive line, their backup quarterback has led them to three consecutive wins. When you take a first glance at the Cowboys offensively, what's the challenge for Raheem Morris and company? Well, first of all, Cooper Rush, quarterback, right? CeeDee Lamb is a receiver. Zeke Elliott is the running back. This is an all-name team. They got this some good ones, don't they? Great. And Gallup for a receiver? Come on now. I like Dalton Schultz as a tight end. Dude, this is like an Oliver Stone movie. I, I just love it. That's great names. But um, yeah, Cooper Rush looks the part. He looks like a Dallas Cowboy quarterback. Um, I think he does a good job of distributing the football, especially to CeeDee Lamb. And they do a good job of not letting you forget about the run game. I mean, you still have to honor Zeke Elliott. You still have to honor Pollard on on the carry because they can break tackles and go. And don't forget, they can catch out of the backfield. So uh, they're a snootful. They really are. Um, I thought they would take a step backwards offensively without their left tackle. They slide the other Ty Smith in there. That's right. Tyron Smith suffered that hamstring injury over the summer, and Cowboys were in full panic mode. And then Tyler Tyler Smith Smith has been there. Newcomer of the year. And looks pretty darn good. So defensively speaking for the Rams, um, another tough matchup. Uh, and and they can hit you in areas where, you know, frankly, you need to get better, to yeah. be honest. Uh, Rush was waived or released four different times before this most recent signing by the Cowboys to the practice squad and eventually to the active roster. How can you not love a story like that? I know you've got one close to your heart and close Sounds to your career. Familiar. Was he bagging groceries, though? I don't My know guy was that. bagging groceries. Yeah. I don't know what uh, Cooper Rush's <laughs> arena football stats look like, but we right. can do some more research between between now and Sunday. But uh, they they have done well. They've made some lemonade while Dak Prescott, mm-hmm. I think, has been bought some extra time to recover from that thumb injury. I never thought it was a realistic timeline that he would be there for week five, uh, but they've got the Eagles on the horizon next, maybe that one, or who knows, if this rush winning streak continues, I know you're not going to sit him down. No, well, here's the thing, right, with Dak Prescott and when you have a backup that's winning, uh, and it's it, it's if he wins again or they're 6-0, and 7-0 by the time Dak comes back or is ready to play, they're, they're going to have some questions to answer. But here's the thing. This is what's cool about them. Say Dak is the guy. 
he has a chance to rest and let this thing heal completely because they're not missing a beat offensively. So when they do integrate him back into the offense and they go to another level, then you're going to have to change everything you thought about the NFC. You know what I mean? If they can go undefeated with a backup and then they put their starter in and get better, oh boy. That changes a lot in this conference. Especially if this proves to be the best defense that Dak has ever worked with. Oh, boy. Yeah. Well, get ready to hear from Jerry Jones a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Come December. Is, yeah. there, is there a different <laughs> Is there a different option? You may have to agree with him this time. <laughs> okay. Uh, in terms of uh, what the Rams did defensively, two big plays by the 49ers. Both of them are tough to stomach, but as you looked at them on film – it seemed like that effort was good enough to win. You hold a team to fewer than 20 points offensively. You should win most nights in the National Football League. They held them to 17, right? Yeah. Okay, 10 was needed. I mean... I'll call it 20 because they missed a makeable field goal. Fair enough. Okay. But and, with no help from your offense, you hold right. You know, a contender, an NFC contender to fewer than three touchdowns. Uh, moral victory. Uh, but you did allow too many big plays. And what? How many big plays did they allow? Three? Four? Maybe yeah, that's the, too many. The Debo touchdown and the Jeff Wilson run, top run, are, are the are the big ones. And there were some third and more than tens converted by Kim, Jimmy Garoppolo, which is really how he's made his living. Yeah, you you said that during the broadcast, and I had to hold it in. It's like it's third and long. You're like he's got him right where they want. <laughs> in breaking route to Ayuk right. or to Kittle. Guaranteed. I'm trying to hold it in, but you're depth. You're 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 darn right. So a lot of meat on the bone on third down. You've got to get out, and you couldn't get out. So there was some great effort. Wasted by a few bad plays, but that's I think that underscores what I think the issue is. Third and long, that should that used to be the Rams' wheelhouse. Yeah, that's get off the field time, put the offense back on. Now they're picking up third third downs on you. Uh, not every offense though is willing to throw down the line or beneath the chains and trust their playmakers to break a tackle and pick that up. I don't know that Cooper Rush and the Cowboys are going to play into Aaron Donald's hands, but at least when you get away from the 49ers, you also get away from it a cadence, a tempo, mm -hmm. a structure that is literally willing to sign any contract that says we will throw the football out of our pocket before Aaron Donald gets there. We are willing to leave him unblocked, even though I don't think they did that intentionally, because it doesn't matter. We're going to have the ball out before he can get upfield. Quickly, yeah. Well, look, and you get away from Debo. Um, you can use the same game plan if you're Dallas and get the ball out fast, but you don't have a receiver that has the tackle-breaking ability of a Debo. I don't think anybody in the league can score the way Debo did. I mean... From that spot and run through three people. Come on. When I tell my grandchildren about what it was like to face him, I think that's the play I'm going to utilize. That one, yeah. Or I mean, pick anyone from last year. <laughs> he's now run for, thrown for, and caught touchdown passes against the Los Angeles Rams. So you got some, you got some options, but you're right. He's a unique talent, and that 49ers offense, because of the way they can run it, because of the way they can get it out to the perimeter, is uniquely equipped to... Hurt if, the Rams. If not nullify, at least, yeah... Yeah. minimize the impact of the way the Rams are built defensively. It's crazy about the West, the wild, wild West. Um, Seattle built to build, built, built to beat the 49ers. 49ers built to beat you. The Rams are built to beat Seattle. You yeah. know what I mean? It just goes around and around. They've got it where you don't. And look, you had a shot to get it, and you, you didn't make it. The 49ers beat you. Now, I hope Dallas tries to use the same game plan because it's different athletes, which will yield a different result for this defense, hopefully. Can I run a uh... – Hairbrain thought past you. Go ahead. I'm just trying to put myself in Sean McVay and Liam Cohen's shoes and trying to generate explosives to find touchdowns right now when it seems like Cooper Cup is your best. I don't want to say only option, but he's the engine that drives your offense right now, and Allen Robinson is is not 
producing and Ben Skoranek is a fine piece and I like the way that they're deploying him. Um, but they're hurting right now, I think, in terms of weaponry. And I got to thinking, you know, it hasn't been productive in the running game and Cam Akers and, and Daryl Henderson have not achieved the way that I thought they were going to through a month of the season. But I'm not sure that they don't both deserve to be on the field right now. And a lot of the summer narratives here and elsewhere about, oh, we're going to we're gonna throw some two-back looks at them. You know, we like our running backs so much, we're going to have them both on the field at the same time. And then it never happens. Right. It just never happens, especially for an 11 personnel offense. I wonder if it might be time to use Cam Akers and or Daryl Henderson in the slot as a receiver. I, I'm not equipped. I, I don't know enough to draw plays. But I do you get what I'm saying? That Absolutely. Like, they might be the catch-and-run pieces that you need to unlock this thing a little bit in the current schematic. It's time to use what you got. Um, and I think they've done a pretty good job with that with Ben Skoranek when they moved him to fullback. That's using what you got. Uh, same with Belichick years ago when he used Troy Bryant at corner. Use what you have. Um, so, same thing. Um, what I I'm think, trying not to do, DeMarco, is be yeah. like, no, no, oh, I th- throw two to the ball or... or I think give him the helmet back or everything is it's Lance McCutcheon time. Like uh, yeah. that's easy to say because we don't know what it looks like. And I think we have to defer to those who are there every day at practice who are not activating those options. Well, I think everything's on the table and I still think you have the benefit to get the ball down the field. One, you have to protect long enough. So if you want to drop to seven, do you think you have the time, especially against Dallas? Just be honest. No, probably not. So you're going to have to use some sort of play action or rollout. Which not unless you can get into favorable down the distances where your heavy play action game works and and you don't have defenses pinning their ears back. But the way San Francisco was coming after Matt Stafford, they were saying, you want to run it? Go ahead. Well, there's that first. I think you got to score on the first drive. Definitely. When you get those first 14 plays, when you catch them off guard, you've got to put that in and put the pressure on them. So giving them getting out with a field goal is giving them a lift. Right, and eventually one score puts you behind. But I still think those rollouts, throwbacks uh, with Tutu, uh, with McCutcheon if he's out there, or Cooper Cup, you you can still take those shots down the field. You just have to manufacture them. But you have to also have the benefit of a solid run game to create that play action. So it all goes back to what we were talking about. You're going to have to run, run effectively to loosen up the back end so you can get the ball behind them. Anything you see on film when you talk about running effectively, like where is it breaking down? Man, you know, it's 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 crazy because I still think had you stay on the field longer, you'll have a chance to chip away. The run game to me hasn't been bad. You're getting one-on-one in the hole with safety or free hitter. That running back has to deal with that. You got to step through it, spin off it, do what have you and pick up positive well, yards. Well, maybe my yeah. suggestion is is falsely placed in terms of if Akers and Henderson aren't making defenders miss in the running game, then splitting them out or running them out of the backfield is not the solution that I think it might be. I'm that just, might be that might be popping one. That's what I'm saying. You can formation a team to where like you'll get hesitation and you'll get that pop on the run game versus moving guys. I agree with you. I think everything is on the table. Try it. You got you did it with Ben Skoranek. They didn't know what to what to do with him, what to call him. By the by the time you figured it out, he was by you. Right. Same thing. Give them a couple of different looks. Yeah. I mean, if you give me Cup, Skoranek, Akers, Henderson, and Higby as a personnel package defensively, what's your check? What's How do you your cover response? That? <laughs> that's that's a great question. I mean, you at least have to think about it, right? How do you cover that? And if well, Dallas will just bring four, but if you do have something exotic on on one of those second and medium third and long situations and they come out with two running backs mm-hmm. in that same group you just mentioned wait a minute we didn't talk about this how do we cover this they haven't shown this all right so that's my 
uninformed, uh, unproductive, like unhelpful suggestion. Do you have one like deep in your well? Do you have well? You, look, you've got coaching experience. Where would you go? Says, history says when you're when you're when you're an offensive line or when your offensive line um, they aren't world leaders. What you do is speed up. You go no huddle. You make fatigue a part of your offense yeah. you just keep going keep going as fast as you can and try to wear them out and then if you push them back beyond the 50 50 yard line you get them into the red zone and they're tired now you can drop back and throw yeah that's that's what i think that's what i think is coming it's just it's funny how the league always serves up the last thing you need like when you're in a world of hurt they present a team like the cowboys who are built to capitalize on all of your deficiencies right now it's unfair Pass protection <laughs> like they don't allow explosives yeah they are one of the elite defenses in the league to this point and it could be a whole lot better because they're not generating nearly the amount of takeaways that they did when they led the league in that category last year so their best may be yet to come just hope it doesn't come this I saturday had an argument so with sugar ray leonard on the sideline we were comparing boxing in football i said there are no tune-ups in football sir if you if you lose a fight you can pick a couple of easy opponents that ain't the nfl yeah yeah you don't don't get to schedule an fcs opponent this week unfortunately you get the dallas cowboys america's team instead newey scruggs will be our guest next with a look inside dallas cowboys territory four down territory on the other side this is rams all access on 710 espn All right, week five edition of Rams All Access rolls on here on 710 ESPN. We are pleased this week to go inside opponent's territory with four down territory in front of the program, Nui Scruggs, who covers the Dallas Cowboys for NBC, Fort Worth, Dallas Metroplex. Nui, great to have an excuse to check in with you. How are things? Hey, life is good. Always fun to see when the Cowboys get to go out to Jerry Jones' hometown of Los Angeles, California. He loves to say how he was born in El Segundo and got the key to the city. I see what you did there. Nicely done. And the temptation is, of course, to start with Cooper Rush. I'm going to resist it and start with the pass rush, if that's okay, Nui. First question. This is a group that makes life miserable for opposing quarterbacks. How much do you think they're salivating Look at this, looking at the state of the Rams' offense and offensive line in particular? Actually, really, it's about maybe the, this week, probably three, three out of the last four weeks, they faced an offensive line that's had issues. Uh, the Bengals, you know, they, they took them on with Joe Burrow. And, they, you know, they didn't have as many sacks as the Steelers, but still, you know, the, the Bengals offensive line couldn't protect Joe Burrow enough. Uh, last week, you had Washington. They had issues. And, and even the Giants, to, to an extent, just could not give Daniel Jones the kind of protection that they needed. And so here come the Rams, who have some really key pieces. But if you can't protect, then those key pieces aren't able to get the football and, and do what they do. All right, Emmy Award-winning sportscaster Nui Scruggs is our guest on this week's Four Down Territory, previewing the Cowboys and the Rams. One defender in particular I want to zoom in on, Micah Parsons, nearly won NFL Defensive Player of the Year last year in his debut campaign. What makes him special? What do you enjoy about watching Parsons? Wants to be great. I had the the pleasure to be in Los Angeles working in TV when Kobe Bryant was drafted and just – Got to see from the time Kobe got there, this desire he had to be great. He wanted to be great. He lived to be great. And that's Micah Parsons. He was in the house in Arlington when Aaron Judge hit home run number 62 and got an autographed ball from him, and he talked to him. And Micah's a guy that is seeking out great people the same way I saw Kobe do that. So to me, this desire to be great is is such a big deal. And then Vaughn Miller was a guy. He really wanted Jerry Jones to go sign Vaughn Miller because he wanted Vaughn Miller on the defense. Like Basically, hey, man, do for me what you did for Aaron Donald. Help show me the way. So that's the thing I take away from Micah Parsons. Here's a man who's seeking and he's driven to become great. 
All right, the Rams have already faced Von Miller this season, Nick Bosa last week. Now Micah Parsons up next. Please be joined by Nui Scruggs previewing Week 5 at SoFi Stadium. Okay, let's get to the quarterback situation. What a run for Cooper Rush. And when we get the news that Dak probably isn't ready for Week 5, I didn't sense a ton of disappointment from Cowboys fans. What's the temperature there in the Metroplex? It all starts with the owner, Jerry Jones. So Dak gets hurt. Jerry starts pushing the timetable. You know, he, he, Dak's a quick healer. Could be back in four weeks. I'm like, Jerry, you're not a doctor. Got a, <laughs> one, of my very, one of my very good friends operates and does these thumb surgeries and other sports surgeries for a living. He's like, knew it in six to eight weeks. And so here's Jerry pushing it. People are out here buying it because Jerry's a hope merchant. Next thing you know, Cooper rolls off three wins. And Jerry's like, I, I don't know if Dak's ready to go. He's not gripping the ball. I'm not a doctor. We, we have to see. I'm laughing because Jerry knows that he got covered. Cooper Rush more than made up for, for what they would hope what they hoped he would do. So the biggest thing is Jamie, you know this, you've thrown a football. If that thumb ain't working, it ain't going anywhere. <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo battled it last year. It did an admirable job. But Dax probably got it worse than what Jimmy had last year. So they really need to just take their time. He's got to be able to take a snap. He's got to be able to grip it and rip it. He's got to know that when guys get near him, they're going to be slapping that, that thumb and trying to, you know, trying to get the ball away from him. So just take your time. Cooper Rush is in, a, in another game this week in which the Cowboys can make it a fourth quarter game. Make it a fourth quarter game and then see where you go. And I think – that's something that's achievable by having Cooper Rush back there because he doesn't make mistakes. Nui, I appreciate you including me in that answer, but I am all thumbs. I uh, can't grip anything, much less a football. And in the back of my mind, I'm sure it's there for the Cowboys too. They know they got the Philadelphia Eagles undefeated division rivalry coming up next, whether it's that one or beyond. Who knows when we will see Dak back at the controls. Uh, for Cooper, for Dak, whoever it is, they've got a true number one, it looks like. C.D. Lamb is absolutely killing it. Um, we've always known he's had this potential. Obviously, Dallas sought it out when they drafted him. But does it feel like he's come into his own here five games into 2022? Yes. Yes, it does. I mean, look, CD spent the first two weeks here and it didn't look good. The owner came out and, and criticized him, and his son Stephen Jones criticized. Him. And it was warranted, and it was it was deserved. Like, hey, look, if you're going to be the number one, you got to make these catches. And CD has a tendency to drop easy passes, so they had confidence in him. They came back, and 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 Cooper Rush stayed with it. The catch he made in the Giants game is a catch that he kept making routinely two years ago in training camp. So he's finding his footing. Having Michael Gallup back last week was huge, and that's going to allow the offense to do more. They ain't scoring a whole lot right now, but but still, they're, they're trending upwards. And so this is a team that's going to play defense right now. CeeDee Lamb can make big catches. Um, he's catching a lot of passes for, for on first down. That's where he's made the bulk of what, what his catches have been is on first down. They, they've got a formula, and if the offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore, will stick with it, which is running the football, they got a shot. But I don't trust Kellen Moore. That's been a knock around here. It's because he's a pass happy guy. CD Lamb going, getting better, coming into his own. But I still need to see some more. I'll say that. You still need to see some more. Interesting. Yeah, the point you make about Michael Gallup is well taken too. Return to the lineup for the first time since his season-ending knee injury. Uh, that was against Arizona last January. His line last week maybe not stunning. Two catches, twenty-four yards, but he did have a touchdown and multiple flags drawn. As you could feel his impact on the return to the lineup. Nui, always glad to catch up with you. Uh, have a great weekend. Thank you for giving us a preview of Cowboys and Rams coming up in Week Five. 
Appreciate it. And by the way, that Super Bowl ring you guys have, oh my goodness gracious, man, we are jealous <laughs> down here because that is one of the prettiest rings ever. Even Jerry talked about it. He's like, I scream in the pillow at night when I think about Stan having that ring, and I don't. Wow. A man of good taste, Nui Scruggs from NBC Fort Worth and Dallas. Thank you for joining us. And DeMarco Farr will be back to wrap up Rams All Access after this on 710 ESPN. Well, last week did not go the way that the Rams would have liked. Not only their own result, but every other team in the NFC West won. On the road, in fact, Seattle, Arizona, both packed their bags and got to 2-2. Two and two. So the NFC West is flat as we hit week five. Welcome back to Rams All Access with my friend DeMarco Farr. I'm JB Long. Hope to see you at SoFi in Inglewood this Sunday against the Dallas Cowboys. You look around the NFC West this week, uh, Seattle at New Orleans, San Francisco at Carolina, the Panthers next on the Rams schedule too, and Arizona plays host to the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles. Should we start there, DeMarco, the game opposite Cowboys-Rams, Arizona and Philadelphia? We can do that. How do you feel about Philly? I think we have. I think we we're of like mind about Arizona. Completely unpredictable. I like the way that Philadelphia took their hits, stabilized, made some hard decisions, and built it back up in short order. Yeah, and, and now they're getting the results that I think they had hoped for. But even if they hadn't gotten, they would have been prepared to cope with. Like I, I think everyone loves what their front office has done, and I think the proof is in the pudding. They're undefeated. I, you know, I've come around on Jalen Hurts. Uh, I didn't see it. I didn't think it was going to be successful. But if you build around him and you tailor the offense to him and his skill set, they look pretty good early. A lot of teams do. We'll see what happens later on in the year. But right now, I I think this is the perfect time to catch Arizona and not vice versa for the Cardinals. I mean, you're coming up on a calendar year since Arizona last won a home game, if I'm not mistaken. Are the Eagles going to be the one to give it to them? I don't think so. Do you? I mean, anything can happen, but I'm just, I don't think it's going to happen for them. Can I just say that I am now punting? I'm deferring on all Arizona Cardinals questions (laughs) because my view of them has been so skewed in a bad direction because of the way the Rams have played them that I now cannot unreal, I cannot realistically assess them against teams other than the Royal and Soul. I got you. Something happens to the Rams when they play San Fran. Something happens to the Cardinals when they play the Rams. Right. When they play anyone else, Kyler Murray looks like a world beater. When he gets in front of Aaron Donald, it's a little bit different. So I'm with you. Completely unpredictable. Geno Smith, not dead yet. I was just about to say, are you buying what the Seattle Seahawks are selling? Remember when we were up there last year when Aaron broke Russell's finger on his helmet and then Geno came in and just refused to go away? But that had a feel of some beginner's luck. I know Gino's not a beginner, but it's like, hey, plug and play into a situation yeah. that you didn't have to think about all week. But you saw the, like the confidence. like He was really trying to win that game. It wasn't like audition for another job. You've seen quarterbacks come out and try to audition for another job, yep. play it conservative. Hey, look, I can be your safe option. Gino was actually trying to win that game. So you saw that last year. Not surprised that he's doing as well as he's doing as the guy now. And you can still throw out the DK Metcalf, right? That's still an option? Oh, my gosh. I mean, the new Megatron. Yeah, there are worse circumstances to be in as a uh, quarterback in the National Football League. San Francisco at Carolina, the other one. Uh, Panthers next on the Rams schedule, as I said. A road trip for the 49ers, who I'm reminded have one of the easier schedules in the league. Like That's part of what hurts so much about losing on Monday night when you just take the pure win-loss as your focus is the Rams had a chance to separate to hand back-to-back home losses to Arizona and San Francisco and they didn't and now the Niners I think are back on level footing surprise surprise 
and they have a chance to capitalize on a quote-unquote soft schedule. They were the third-place finisher in the NFC West, and their schedule this year reflects that. That's almost unfair. You know, if, if they keep getting better with Garoppolo, if they kind of put that whole situation to bed and just get on doing what they're doing with that guy at quarterback, like I said, with Dallas, you may have to change everything you thought about the NFC. That's an interesting point, and especially when I look at the Saints and where they are. I don't want to lower the expectations for the 2022 Los Angeles Rams. I really don't. I'm resisting that temptation. But maybe the focus all along for us should have been, can you be the best team in the West, not can you be the one seed? I know we talked about that before. For all the good things they've done in the McVay era, they've never been the top seed in the NFC. Um, And so I'm always gunning for that until proven otherwise, and I'm not ready to relinquish that target. But I think given the way the Eagles have started since they're in the conversation, uh, given the way that Tampa Bay and Green Bay look, Dallas and um, some others, I think your sole focus should be on can we get a home playoff game by beating three other teams, by being better than three other teams. Break it back down. This is old Pac-10 stuff. No matter what the national championship race looks like, your goal is to make it to the Rose Bowl. Your goal here in L.A. should be the win the, to win the West. And you can still do it with an and one. You just lost one. There's no reason you can't win all the rest of your NFC West games. Totally, totally. Even against San Francisco. You had a chance to win that game in, on Monday night. And then see how the medical report does or doesn't mm-hmm. break your way. See how the trade deadline does or doesn't break your way. See how it looks when Van Jefferson is dressed. Like These types of things, maybe they start to round into form over the course of a 17-game schedule. Uh, my heart is not in the playoff eliminator contest this week, but we will forge ahead. Uh, did I pick Houston? It's not as lighthearted uh, <laughs> when the Rams are on a losing foot, but we'll True. go there anyway. Uh, in case this is your first episode of Rams All Access or you need a reminder, DeMarco and I throughout the course of a season uh, pick teams that we think are destined to miss the postseason. And if those teams do, we each get a point. However, if you pick a team along the way and that team fights its way in, your portfolio is toast. You're blown up, you lose. Last week had a first-time development on the program. We had never done this before. DeMarco early on picked the Miami Dolphins, and then the Miami Dolphins went on a little bit of a run. Unfortunate circumstances surrounding Tua last Thursday night. Don't need to go into that in this particular venue. But I gave DeMarco a mulligan, and he went for it. He took the breakfast ball and he jettisoned the Miami Dolphins and took the Texans instead. So you now have the Texans and only the Texans. Houston is 0-3-1, and one, and they are at a feisty Jacksonville Jaguars team this week. So that looks wow. good. Uh, I have the Jets, Falcons, and Seahawks. Jets 2-2, two and two, home to the Dolphins. Falcons 2-2 two and two at Tampa Bay. Seahawks 2-2 two and two, and at the Saints, as we noted. Uh, the pick is yours, DeMarco, if you want wow. it. If I'm going to have it. fun here. I'm going to stay in the AFC, and I got a choice. Should I pick New England, or should I pick the Raiders for the chouse, for the chaos? That would be fun to pick the Raiders. I have a little uh, watch list that I maintain week yeah. to week, just in case I do decide to make a selection, and both of those teams are on it. However, I have to note, I have never had a watch list this deep. I've never had this many teams on a watch list going into a playoff eliminator week with you. Oh, yeah. Keep receipts on everybody who speaks about football because somebody is guaranteed to be wrong, dead wrong about some of these teams. So, And we're willing to do that on this show. So I'll go ahead and pick the Raiders. Okay, you're going Raiders. By the I'm way, would, would you want the Miami Dolphins back? Like, Do you feel good about that decision no, you made last I, week? No. It was a risk-adverse decision. I think you made the right choice, but do you feel like it was the right no, choice? No, I'd feel like a, a, a jerk if I went back now because of what happened. You know, So if I pick them, uh, that's not fair. So I'll, I'll, I'll go with the Raiders because 
they still have their guys. They still have their game plan, and they're still one and three. And I, I don't think that's going to get better. And I am looking right now to remind myself that the Raiders are on Monday Night Football against the Kansas City Chiefs this week, so your selection is timely. You can see them in prime time trying to avoid a 1-4 and four start against Patrick Mahomes. All right, I will hold off. I will take the... Uh, the T for next week. Nice. Next week, the first pick is mine. Uh, I have the Jets, Falcons, Seahawks, DeMarco now with the Texans and the Raiders in our playoff eliminator contest. As for the NFC West, once again, uh, two and two across the board, Seattle, San Francisco on the road at New Orleans and Carolina, respectively, Arizona hosting the Eagles. Let's get back to our game. SoFi Stadium, week five, the star versus the horns in Inglewood. Final thoughts? On the boys and the Rams. Well, it's been a lot of praise since 2017 for this football team and this coaching staff, right? I mean, there's been a lot of positive. They've given us a lot of reason to be happy. But right now, uh, it's it's tough. And it stands to reason it's going to get even tougher. So it may seem like we're negative Nelly, or at least I am. But it's just the truth. It's what's coming. And it's what you have to deal with. So uh, there's no guarantee that the weakness, the O-line will, will will up jump and beat this team again or be the reason they miss the playoffs. That's that's not what we're saying. What we're saying is they have to get better, but I think they know that. So I cannot wait to see what he comes up with to combat this because I've never seen a coach more innovative than what we see here. Uh, and just his level of confidence. The guy never panics. So this isn't making him panic, which is making me go, wow, I can't wait to see what you come up with on Sunday. I think that's the right note to land on. because, And I hope to your suggestion that we've been a bit negative. I think that's understandable. I think that's probably true. But I hope our audience doesn't read that as uh, any loss of hope or uh, dwelling on what was a tough loss on Monday Night Football. We're just trying to be, I think, realistic in our assessment of what we've seen through a month of the season, through four games. And where the Rams are is not good enough to beat a Buffalo or a San Francisco, but better than an Atlanta or an Arizona. I think that's right where they are with the upside of with the proper health and maybe some moves here at the end of the month to to bolster their roster. A real problem for other teams, other contenders uh, by the time this is all said and done. But it is also teetering in really perilous territory right now where because you're depleted at so many key spots and because some of the moves you've made, including Allen Robinson and free agency, have not yet panned out, you're facing a, a hot Cowboys team, and it's an issue, and we want to be prepared for those issues. We want to have, I think, clear clear lenses on that. Am I wrong? Oh, no doubt. I, I think you can prepare for anything Dallas throws at you, save for one guy, Micah Parsons. Uh, that's just a force of nature. Stay away from him as long as you can. But everything else, take what you did, the positive versus San Francisco, and expand on that. You can beat Dallas, yeah. hands down. From 2-1, and one, humility was a Monday Night Football loss against your rival. This week, redemption is an opportunity against America's team on America's Game of the Week. For DeMarco Farr, I'm JB Long. Hope you'll join us, if not in person, then on the radio side when Week 5 rolls around. This has been Rams All Access on 710 ESPN.